Hello everyone and welcome to the Women's Golf History Podcast with me, Lauren Beatty, final year PhD student and non-golfing golf geek. Yes, you heard right, I'm not a golfer and until recently I had never even held a golf club. Despite my lack of golf talent, I love the history of the sport and especially the history of the women's game. On this podcast, I shed light on the largely hidden history of women's grassroots golf in Scotland. Each episode welcomes a new guest with a personal connection to the sport and its heritage, exploring the past, present and future of the women's game. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 7 of the Women's Golf History Podcast. Today I'm joined by Cathy Panton-Lewis, founding member of the Ladies' European Tour and former LPGA Tour player and the daughter of the late John Panton. So hi Cathy, welcome, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. Oh no, hello too, nice to be on. Okay, um, I thought we could just start Cathy maybe by talking a little bit about your introduction to golf and what you, got you inspired to start playing the sport. Well, I'm not sure if I really got inspired. I mean, I don't really even remember starting to play because I was about three years old and I lived on the golf course, you know, above the clubhouse. And I I just have early memories of swinging club and hitting balls and things. I don't remember making a conscious decision to start playing golf. It was just very unusual. You know, it's not doesn't happen to everyone. Not everyone has a sort of Ryder Cup father. So it was... Uh, <laughs> It was just a sort of thing to do, really. I didn't really think about it too much, but I guess you don't think about much when you're three years old anyway. No, and that's amazing, three years old. That's so young. Mm. So yes, the- and it was uh, John Letters always used to make my father's clubs, so they made me little clubs as well, you know, sort of real ones, wow. you know, steel shafts and wooden heads and everything, yeah. That's amazing. That's so great. Mm. Um, and so what was it like then having a, a dad that was this, you know, famous professional golfer? Oh, well, it was great, actually. Yes. I mean, he was away a lot. Um, but when I was a teenager, I didn't really mind that, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, no, it was it was it was lovely. You know, he was very laid back and um, he wasn't the kind of person that um sought to have fame really he was quite sort of shy person but um and quiet but um no no he had a great reputation in Scotland and you know he was very well respected everywhere so that that was lovely for me too yeah great and um so you said you were three when you started what was how old were you when you sort of started playing more at club level then mm-hmm. well I was about um if I could remember I'd tell you but I remember <laughs> playing in the Stirlingshire girls when I was about nine or ten years old and I guess I probably played at my club you know Glenbervie but before that but I I remember when I was 10 years old and I was playing the Stirlingshire girls and my ball stopped in the edge of the hole so I got down on my hands and knees and blew it in so all the (laughs) ladies there were absolutely horrified so I've never done that again I promise. (laughs) That's great what a memory lovely um and what was it can you remember what it was like um sort of being a junior member of a club uh well I played with my sister a little bit you know she used to play in those days and all of the ladies there were very um very encouraging you know a lot of them played with me you know all the best ones and you know by the time I was sort of oh four I can't remember but I was about 13 14 I was a county player by then really by about 14 or 15 
So, um, no, they were very encouraging, you know, especially the ladies. And then they used to give me lifts everywhere, you know, because my father wasn't around much and my mother didn't drive. So um, in those days, you know, there was an amazing volunteer system. You know, the, the ladies used to give you lifts everywhere, which they don't really do nowadays. You're not, you got all these, you know, CRB things, quite rightly, you know, with the child protection and everything. So you're not sort of allowed to have one child alone in the car and that sort of thing. So it, it's certainly changed days. You know, we're talking, you know, more than sort of, 50 years ago. So things do change. But there was a great network of, of ladies that um, gave us lifts everywhere, you know, anywhere we wanted to go. It was great. That's great. Yeah. I know it's funny when you mention in that sort of change in times, because that was something that came I came across when I was interviewing women for my PhD and was when they were junior members and they were playing in the county and they used to go to different, you know, different clubs sometimes quite far away but within Mm. Scotland and play and how they would just get put up you know they would get transportation there maybe and they get put up with a family and things like that and so how things were a lot more relaxed and also you know that as you say that very sort of familial sort of like volunteer you know everyone chips in and looks after each other which is lovely they did yeah no Mm. that's great Although sometimes I remember my mother said to me once she waved me goodbye one morning and she wasn't a great fan of the lady who was picking me up driving. And she said to me later, she said, I wondered if I would ever see you again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is not very, but yeah. I thought it was quite funny though. I don't yeah. think she really meant it, but you can understand no. what she means. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, did your mum play golf? Yeah, she did, but my father kept saying that I copied her swing instead of his. <laughs> so it took a... <laughs> yes, he sort of... Um, my sister always got annoyed at me when I say my mum swung it like an axe, but that's what my father said to me. You know, she used to swing it just like an axe, and I sort of copied that, I'm afraid, because she, you know, obviously she was at home all the time, and um, mm-hmm. so it took him a few years to get rid of that swing. <laughs> yeah, and was he really involved? Then obviously he'd have been very busy and with his own golfing career, but was he really sort of invested in your support and your golfing oh, yes. development as well? Yes, very much. Well, he um he always gave me a lot of lessons when he was at home, but um he always said I had to do it my own, and he never came anywhere with me to play golf. He never, you know, never gave me any lifts anywhere, and he never came to watch me anywhere. And he said, you know, you're on your own in the golf course. That's you better get used to it. So. Mm. But, oh, I mean, it worked. It's, it's very different from some parents nowadays. Yeah. My mum came with me once, I think. <laughs> yeah. When I was about 13 and that was about it, really. Right, mm. okay. Do you think that was a way if your dad sort of wanted you to have your own sort of experience, a wee bit kind of um, separate from him? Like, obviously, he was aware of his... Obviously, from what you're saying, he's very supportive of your, your mm. golf. But it was like he almost um, wanted you to be able to experience it yourself and not be just seen as John Panton's daughter in a way, do you think? I don't think so. No, no. That was just the way he thought. You know, he thought, um, you know, on the golf course, you're the person that's hitting the shots and nobody can do it for you. Um, Yeah. So it was quite a good thing to learn at an early age. You know, I remember when I was quite young, I had quite a temper, you know, when I was very young. Um, But then when I started playing golf, that sort of got it out of me really. So I never sort of... um, Never so well, I shouldn't say never, but very rarely have I ever lost my temper since playing golf or anything. You know, I've just always tried to stay calm and um, concentrate and everything. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm. Sounds like you've had a, a great sort of role model there. So mm. 
Um, yes, I haven't had, I haven't had anybody shouting at me telling me what a terrible shot that was. That's, no, well, that's good. I know yeah. that myself. I don't need anyone to tell me. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So um, I take it on that then that there wasn't really any real pressure there at all. It was just no. you do it on your own. No, no, not at all. Not that's at all. No. Good. No, I mean, I kept doing it because I was, I was quite good at it, you know, so it's nice to do something you're good at. Yeah, of course. Really. Yeah. In life and anything, you know. Yeah doesn't matter what it is it doesn't have to be golf it could be you know anything and it's yeah. um yeah and I take it as well obviously you as you said you were kind of living on the golf course and you were brought up very much golf was really part of your life from a very young age because you were three when you know you were starting so I take it hmm. the adapting to like the golf club etiquette and everything wouldn't have been it was normal to you well, it would. It's. Um, I mean, what was golf club etiquette? I don't know. I can't remember when I was, you know, that age. I don't remember anything strange. I mean, I remember being at university that um, one of the golf clubs in Edinburgh. I won't mention them. We played against the boys at university. You know, the girls' team. We absolutely thrashed them, and they they sat in the lounge and had drinks afterwards, and we sat in the hallway, and we had to order drinks through a little hatch in the the clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably changed a bit now as well, though. We were very smug because we'd beaten them anyway. So, mm. so when would, would that have been? What sort of that decade would, would that have been? Nineteen seventy, mid seventies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll come back. I'll, I would like to come back to your your um, university experience a bit more um, later. Um, but when you were a junior member, were there other girls that were members as well that you played with? Um, well, there was there was a couple, and I played with my sister a bit. Although she she didn't um she didn't really take it up. She didn't she didn't think she was very good, so she didn't carry on. Well, you oh. know, she had other things to do. Um, and there was maybe a couple of others, but there were other girls in Stirlingshire, you know, that were good friends that I played with in all over Scotland as well. You know, you just met them all. Still friends with them now. You know, a lot of them. It's um you know even after all these years, you know, still see them. Yeah. I know that's lovely and that's something that seems to come across a lot as well as this sort of you know long-lasting friendships that are made in golf. Yes absolutely I mean that's that's one of the things about golf really and the world becomes smaller as well you know if you if you're a golfer it's amazing the people that you sort of um, meet that know other people that you know and um, you know it's quite a network really male and female you know it's yeah yeah I've got a lot of male golfers live near, around near me in Sunningdale as well, you know, Sunningdale, Alaska, because it's such a, you know, a golfy area. So there's lots of people around here I know as well. Oh, mm. that's great. Um, and was it fine getting things like, I'm assuming again, um, it was, but how did you, obviously you said about the golf etiquette and you can't really remember much about it and it might be the <laughs> same for for clothes and and things but I was just wondering can you remember what it was like getting you mentioned your clubs and you they you got clubs from a young age made for you which was that quite unusual do you think to get them I think it probably was (laughs) (laughs) in fact you know John Letter sponsored me throughout you know all the beginnings of my career as well you know played their clubs for years and years and years Mm. yeah Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And getting clothes to play, can you remember what that was like? No, I remember wearing ski pants and that's about <laughs> it, really. And, uh, I remember I used to wear a lot of um, a lot of platform shoes in those days when I was a teenager. And I remember uh, I remember one of my friends, Muriel Thompson, that I played with in tour, she sent me a picture of us when we were all 17-year-olds playing in the Scottish girls' team. 
and we were all wearing really short mini skirts and long socks, oh, wow. which I thought was really hilarious. But no, we used to wear mini skirts in those days. Well, that's when minis were in, you know, Mary Quant and everything. So yeah, you know, so fashion always comes around again, doesn't it? It does, yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. great. So the rules obviously weren't too strict where you were then. No, well, I'm not sure if we played golf in those or whether it was just for the photographs because I can't remember. <laughs> um, and did you have the opportunity to play golf in school at all? Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. We had a, there was a couple of, we had a team and it wasn't, it was a unisex, you know, boys and girls. So I had a couple of other girls in the team as well as me. And uh, the teachers were terrified of us. Because we always beat them. <laughs> that's great. And yeah, that just... some good, very good male players as well, and females. So I think that's probably a Scottish thing. You know, I'm not sure if they. Well, I'm not. There's a few schools down here that do it, but yes, it's. Uh, yeah, it was quite quite funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was that just secondary or primary as well? Uh, secondary school. Secondary yeah. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was good to have the girls playing the boys team as well. But I think they probably did that at a few schools now down here as well. Good, yeah. Good to play with the boys and try and hit the ball bit, you know, further and beat them and everything. So, mm. a lot of good golf courses, you know, around Larbert. You know, there was Falkirk Trist and um, Glenbervie and Falkirk Carmures and Stirling and everything. There was a lot of good golf courses. Shaw Park, there was a lot of good golf courses around. Mm. Yeah, so you would, with the school, you would go to play on different courses and I can't in the area? Th- no, I think we, pl- we played mostly at Falkirk Trist. Right, yeah. I, don't know if, I think we occasionally played against other schools, but I can't remember. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't remember everything. No, it's all right. No problem at all. Um, and so you mentioned playing golf at uni, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, what your sort of experience was playing at uni. Well, we, we, had, a, we had a fantastic girls team. You know, we all, we'd all played together before, mostly. Um, you know, people like, Julian uh, Stewart, Fiona Anderson, Maureen Richmond, who was um, Walker in those days, and I mean, they were sort of in the Curtis Cup as well. And um, no, we had a great, we had a great team. So we used to play, you know, matches against St Andrews and Glasgow, etc. I think we used to win most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> great, um, but we didn't. You know, we had a few courses at um, in Edinburgh we could play. Which was good, you know, because it being Scotland, you know, they were quite happy for us to go and play in different courses and things. So they were, it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a good, it was a good boys team as well. So we used to, I mean, even had a trip to Ireland to play against some Irish universities. So it was all very good fun, actually. Yeah, sounds great. Mm. And yeah. it was, it was while I was at university, I was trying to write my dissertation. I thought I'd have a week off and um, go and play in the British Amateur. And um, I went to play in it and I won it, which was a huge surprise. So then I didn't get all my work finished in time either. So maybe didn't get as good a degree as I was hoping for, but never mind. Yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. Mm. Oh. No, it was a surprise because I didn't really have that much time to practice, you know, because I was doing an MA. So it took, you know, it was quite a lot of work. So, um, but there you go. It was just yeah. one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would have been quite difficult juggling that I imagine like juggling your obviously your golf is your sort of Mm. your your hobby and passion and then you've got this workload at university as well yes it was difficult yeah yeah but I'd I'd rather have won the British amateur than gone you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a very good role model but (laughs) no no. 
<laughs> well, great role model for golf, that's for sure. <laughs> I didn't get a bad degree, but you know, I probably could have been a bit better. But there you go. Never mind. Yeah, all worked out in the end. Yes. Um. So, can we talk a little bit then about your amateur career and how that progressed? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, um, most of my amateur career, I would say, was when I was a. A teenager, probably. You know, I played for, um, started playing for Scotland when I was, well, the girls, you know, I was about 13 or 14. And then this, this, the senior team was about 16, I think. Um, and I got lots of, and I played in the British under 21 team, which was great. We went to Canada for about two or three weeks, and that was fantastic. Um, and then, because I won the Scottish girls when I was 14. Which was, and I played Ed, at Edsel, and I played there in May for the first time in about 50 years. That was quite funny. Yeah, I couldn't remember any of the holes. I could remember the first, but that was it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, um, so then I was at university, and that kind of stopped my amateur career for a while until I won the British, and then I got in a couple of other teams. And then once I graduated, you know, I had, I, I actually came down south to get a job. Um, so I didn't didn't really play that much afterwards. But then um, when there was an opportunity to turn professional, I thought that was a really good idea because um, I thought it'd be more fun than working, basically. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I thought it was about time that, you know, Europe had a tour. So yeah. my amateur career was a little bit, I would say sort of between 14 and 18. That was when I my biggest amateur career was, although I did win the British amateur when I was 21, but I turned pro when I was about um, 23 or 24. So mm, when I'd yeah. been working for a couple of years after graduating. so Had you always envisaged turning professional or? No, not at all. No. no? No, it was just when the opportunity came along, I thought, you know, why not? I thought I could always go back to work, you know, if it didn't work out. Yeah. Um. With my so-so degree. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Although I did, um, I, actually, I actually had really good fun working. I, had, I got a job at um, Canvas Holidays, which were run by a couple who were from originally from St Andrews, uh, the Cuthberts, and it was a, it was a, it was a really good, um, fun job actually. You know, it was the first um, company ever to have holidays to pre-erected tents in France, Italy, in France and Italy, and. Um, but um, but still, the you know the the thought of playing golf for a living just um, appealed more somehow. Yeah, I've been on one of those holidays and they're oh, great. Oh, yeah, they're very good. They're yeah, great. really great. Yeah, and really nice um, people that ran it too. Yeah. Nice people to work with too. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you mentioned obviously you felt that there felt um that there was it was about time for a european tour so could you talk a little bit about your sort of involvement in getting that set up or started well it just um they just wanted some people to turn professional so we sort of had had a meeting and they they had enough and um it was carlsberg were going to sponsor it so they had um tournaments for us you know the i won about the second or third tournament and i won 200 pounds prize money so i was thrilled there you go that was in 1979 I think it was on the day that Margaret Thatcher was elected mm. yeah well that weekend anyway mm. yeah mm. and um, they had a sort of series for us and that's how it all started and we played a lot of programs you know to begin with you know to get sponsors involved in everything and um and we played in places we played sort of Sweden France Britain 
mostly. We played a few in Sweden actually every year, because obviously you know some of the couple of the girls were Swedish and it was well golf's always been really big in Sweden. You see by the number of Swedes now that are playing golf. Um, so we played there mostly there in Britain really, and then then it just got bigger and bigger, and we were playing in sort of Spain and France and uh, Belgium, the Netherlands. So it just sort of grew and grew, really. You know, at the very beginning, it was good. You know, there was there was the worry um, if it was going to take off or not, but it 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 did really. You know, the first you know the first ten years were great. We never really had any worries that it was going to collapse. Really, mm. Mm. sounds great. Sounds good fun. It was good fun. Yes, and we played. You know, we played in Ireland a lot. We played in Northern Ireland a lot as well. You know, we used to play in Belfast and Port Rush and Port Stewart. Um, and I think they all appreciated that over there. We had a great time over there, you know, wonderful golf courses. And that was the sort of early 80s. Yeah. Mm. And on the first um, European tour, you won the Order of Merit, is that right? I did, I know. That's what oh. happens when you win a tournament, you know, and then <laughs> win gender pounds. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. How did it feel? Um. If I could, oh dear, I'm trying to remember. Yes, I know. I know. I didn't. I didn't. Um, if I'd known it was going to be the last time I won it, I might have felt a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was great though. It was. Uh, no, it was quite an achievement. So I was. I was quite very pleased. Of course, yes. Great. And um, I can't remember when the last tournament was or how, if it was by points or money or anything. But um, you know, it's a great. Great to win the very first one. So I was sort of quite very happy at that stage that I had turned professional. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the life, you know, I enjoyed being away and travelling to different places and everything. You know, a lot of people get uh, homesick, but I, I can't say I did, really. Mm. Mm. Well, I was actually going to ask you about that, about some of the highs and lows, but from it sounds like there were a lot more highs than lows for you on tour. Well, you know, sometimes you're a little bit short of money and you had to move pots, you know, to... <laughs> pay the rent and things like that obviously you know um but we did you know it was very good fun in the early days but you know you had to I did I practiced a lot you know because um you know you had to make money you know sometimes I'd get a job in the winter one year I worked in CNAs in Oxford Street you know between October and March to make ends meet and things and then then I sort of got my card in America for the very um, first time I tried. And I, I was only, I went over with a couple of friends and I was the only one that made it. So suddenly I was left on my own in America. So I had to sort of um, stand up one, two feet pretty quickly. Mm. Mm. So was... I was over there for about three years. So came back and forwards a little bit. So, yeah, it was much more serious over there than it was in, in Europe. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Sort of different mm. experience then. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, although um, over here I used to stay in hotels and everything and B and Bs and stuff like that. But over there, I used to. Americans were very hospitable. You know, I used to stay in some amazing, amazing houses. You know, some people over there that in amazing places, really. So they they were very hospitable. You know, they'd sort of give you housing, and sometimes they'd give me a a car or my own apartment. You know, and I'd have a swimming pool and all that sort of thing. I thought. I could get used to this. You know? Lovely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't we all? That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mm. And was that would would that be when you played on the LPGA? Yes. Then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Mm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to enjoy it, haven't you? You know, it's not. It's a it's a wonderful job to have. You know, it's not like 
I used to work in a beer factory, so it was a lot better. <laughs> and I used to be a chambermaid and a barmaid and a few other things. So, I mean, it was a great job to have. So I never complained about it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, that sounds great. And do you think, um, is, is the professional game quite different now from when you were playing, do you think? Well, I think, well, I think it probably is although I think there's still a lot of camaraderie there always has been I mean I know that when I play in the I've played in the US Women's Senior Open the last few years and I've seen all the people I used to play on tour with in America and everybody's everybody's much more laid back and you know I wouldn't say friendlier but they're a little bit more relaxed about the whole thing and it is great playing in those but it probably doesn't um, reflect the the tour the way it is at the moment I'm not sure what it's like on the LPGA now or the the European tour, but I think there's still a great camaraderie. You know, you can see that, especially when you watch the Solheim Cup and yeah, and everything. You know, everybody's it's just that kind of game, really. You know, you're playing against. It's not a one to one game where you're playing against somebody. You're playing against everybody, so it's not as if it's like tennis where you're playing against your best friend or something. And, you know, you've got to beat them. You know that sort of thing. It's um, so you're quite happy, you know, to see your friends win sometimes, even though you were playing against them. Yeah, as if necessarily beaten you personally, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, that's something that really shines through. I think the the game of golf is this camaraderie and friendships, and just the the social mm-hmm. the social element of it as well. You know. Yeah. Um. And so, what what was it that you enjoyed most, or enjoy most about playing golf? It might have changed a bit um over the years, but. Just kind of what is it about golf that you love? Well, I used to like winning. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but that's what I used no. to enjoy the most, really. Yeah. 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 I, I used to enjoy winning because it's yeah. a great, great feeling when you win. And I used to enjoy being in, you know, places like Paris and Rome. You know, I was never one to shut myself in the hotel at night. You know, I always like to enjoy places and the food and the atmosphere and the, you know, some wine, not that much, uh, you know. <laughs> Um, but no, I always used to like, you know, doing well. Mm. I mean, I didn't go out and think, well, sometimes I went out and I thought, oh, what a lovely day to play golf. But usually it was a different attitude, you know, right. You know, I always like to concentrate and try and do my best. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that competitive edge as well and that yeah. challenge and wanting to get better yeah. and wanting to keep yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. performing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I always practiced a lot. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I could see it would um, could be quite addictive, I think. Yes, possibly. Maybe I've yeah. got a slightly addictive personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think because it's something that, because I'm not a golfer, um, um, so, but I, I had a wee shot um, on a, and the listeners know this because I, I, I've, I seem to just keep bringing it up but I was yes. really I was really <laughs> pleased to um to have a shot at a driving range but I was awful Kathy it was like <laughs> I just couldn't seem to swing I just I fe- it felt very alien to me the whole yeah. just even trying to get the the grip um on the club well, it, and it's it's not an easy game that's why I keep no. telling everybody I teach you know it's just it's not easy you know I mean there might be the occasional people that just pick up a golf club and go whack you know but it's very unusual you know there's so many the way you hold the club the way you stand at the ball everything it doesn't feel doesn't feel natural really does it so no. the sort of um 
But if you don't, if you don't hold it properly, you don't stand at the ball properly. You're up in a bit of trouble. So, you know, yeah. I spend a lot of time on setups with people because it is mm-hmm. so important. Yeah, even yeah. before you even start thinking about the swing. Mm. Yeah, your stance, like where your feet yeah. are, and yeah. your body alignment. Yeah. I imagine. And yeah, everything. and yeah, where you, you hinge, you know, from the top of your legs and everything. And a lot of people don't do that, you know, they sort of hinge yeah. from their waist instead of. Yeah, I mean, it just affects <laughs> the swing and everything, you know. And yeah. your body depends what kind of body you've got as well. Sometimes your body just doesn't want to do certain things, and you yeah. know, there's certain things in golf that, that that you should do, but your body doesn't want to. You yeah. Know, understand that you know it's it's it can be quite difficult yeah yeah but at the same time I was I could see how unfortunately I don't think I really hit a good shot but I could see how even when I made contact with the ball that mm-hmm. was a plus for me and I could see how you could get that um, yeah. bug that sort of yeah. buzz and then that bug to keep going um, yes right yeah and because uh, um uh, the day that I tried it we were um Hannah and I were um, with a youth a youth group um at the mm-hmm. driving range and I was watching them as well and you could just see like the enjoyment and you know when they when they hit the ball and just the feeling that they got you know from yes. doing it and all yeah. and all these kids hadn't played I don't, I don't think any of them have really yeah, yeah. have much experience of playing golf so to see yes. them getting that enjoyment you could yeah. see how you how it's a quite an addictive yeah, it's nice to stand back and admire it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, I know. I was like, I'll just, I'll, I'll just watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was great. You practice your putting because most of your shots are putts. So. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the that's the next thing that I um I really want to do, and I've been saying this since the start of the 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 sort of PhD journey is I want to have a shot just on the on the Himalayas where the you know oh, yeah. the first the first women played you know um well that's uh, quite a place and there's a great one in Pitlochry as well yeah, yeah yeah I know I need to do it I just need to, mm-hmm. I need to stop saying I'll do it and just do it mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah that's that's um that's great um is there any sort of advice that you would give going back to just finishing off sort of your professional sort of um, playing career and then going we'll go on and talk a little bit I thought about I know that you now coach um as well so um what would you advice would you give to an amateur um women golfer that was maybe thinking about turning professional mm-hmm. well I, th- I think I think the main thing is well they're probably if they're very good and already they've probably got a very good coach already yeah uh, you know because coaching has come on leaping leaps and bounds since I was young you know my father was one of the first people to take videos while cinephone 60 millimeter of all the top players you know of um, Ben Hogan and Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and everything but nowadays you know you've got track man and everything and it really does make a difference to you know to coaching and if, if you are you know a top amateur it might be quite good to play in a few things where you know, there's pros like, you know, the Justin Rose series is good for that. You know, it's got um, amateurs and pros. And then just try and work yourself up from county to, you know, regional to national. You know, you can sort of um, test yourself in national tournaments. You'll soon find out how good you are, you know. And um, if you don't feel you're good enough, you know, just maybe practice a bit more if you really want to. And if you want to, supposing your golf's maybe not quite good enough to turn a tour pro, you can still become a 
you know, a PGA professional, you know, because, um, I mean, there's very few people make it to the very top level, really. But PGA pros, you know, it's a great um, career, really. You know, you can do lots of things being a PGA. You know, it takes three years to qualify. And, um, you know, you can teach or you can be a director of golf or you can be a retailer or you can do everything. You know, you could be a sort of general pro where you can do, you know, a little bit of everything, which is what I do, actually. Yeah. But I know, you know, I know a lot of people that have um, gone in and become directors of golf, you know, a few of my friends and also head pros um, and various things. So it's a, it's a very good, um, it's a very good life to have. It's yeah. nice working in the leisure industry and golf clubs. They tend to be nice, very nice places to work, actually. Mm. Great. And on that note, can we talk a little bit about your um sort of coaching uh, job that you do then your mm. role well as I say a little do a little bit of everything so mm. I, I'm not I'm not one of these people that stands on the driving range all day and gives lessons all day you know I just um you know have my clients and customers and 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 do that um it's a mixture I'm, I'm sort of supposed to be the short game specialist so I do a lot of um, short game and putting as well not just women but you know men as well um but that's just sort of what I do mostly I do long game as well of course but um no I do a lot of um putting and um and short game my father was very good at short game you know and he taught me all that he knew and um it kind of works for me so I just try to let other people know about it really so and hopefully it works for them <laughs> yeah that's great and it's all age groups that you coach yes uh-huh, absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. oh possibly maybe yeah I wouldn't say older but you know mm. over well, sort of 40 and above, probably. Um, we don't have that. We do have some juniors at the, the Berkshire, but our, our head pro sort of does, does the juniors and everything. So, um, And a lot of them are, are, you know, at school most of the time anyway. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, I do ladies as well and men. and uh, So, yeah, you know, it's good fun. Great. Mm. Sounds good. And what is it that you love then most about your job, would you say? About my job? Mm. Um. Well, just the variety, and the the people I work with are great. You know, I work with um, oh, how many of us? Well, I work in a team. You know, the others are you know the other pros, and uh, one other who's not a pro, but they're all lovely to work with and great fun. I like having you know, I like having <laughs> lots of humor on the job and everything. And they really, they really are nice to work with. You know, you find that, but most um, well, I find that with most golfers, they are really, you know, good fun and and fun to be around. Mm. yeah well it sounds like a great job mm. yes I enjoy it yeah because <laughs> I'm getting on a bit now so it's nice to have um you know so maybe work sort of three or four days a week which is really nice you know it's a perfect job for me and lots of different variety of things yeah mm. oh, it sounds great and um so you've been in, involved with golf since probably the mid to late 60s as a junior and and so no doubt you've witnessed quite a lot of change with the game um and I just wondered if you could reflect a wee bit on some of the changes that have occurred mm-hmm. that you've witnessed well, well obviously the equipment you know and the balls as well you know we used to have the small ball which was 1.6 you know 6.2 not 6.5 and um and of course we used to have steel shafts and wooden heads and everything so it was more difficult to hit the ball then actually um and of course, it's come on leaps and bounds. And also, as I mentioned, the coaching, you know, the, the the technology there is now. So you can really, 
you know, see that you're swing and what you're actually doing. Because in the past, people never used to believe you. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing that. Yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, so it's quite incredible, all that. And I think fitness levels as well are much higher. You know, everybody's, there's so much more information about fitness now. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when my father was on tour, Henry Cotton was the only guy that used to do exercises and stuff, I think. Although my father had just come out the war and he used to, you know, have a terrible RV pack on his back. So I think he was pretty fit when he started out, you know. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, I'm sure all the girls on tour now, they're, they're very fit and they all look like athletes now. I mean, I used to go to the gym as well when I was younger. Well, I still do, but um, you know, I do a lot of Pilates and yoga now for the past 30 years. But that was after my career really finished, where I said it had been a great thing to do while my career, you know, while my career was happening. Hmm. It's yeah. good to have a strong core. Hmm. There you go. Remember that next time you go practicing on the range. Yeah. Well, I know because I, I mean, I do yoga. Yoga's like my, yeah. my thing. I love there you yoga. Go. <laughs> maybe that'll help me out yeah well it's very good for balance as well you know yoga yeah and um for yoga it's good if you you can doing your own body weight you know using that as a weight you know mm. your own body i don't think i think muhammad ali didn't use weights did he just used his own body for yeah getting stronger yeah i mean there's some yoga exercises which are incredible for you know strength mm. Mm. yeah mm. well i maybe do need to to give golf a bit more of a go <laughs> um yeah and is there anything that you think that you would like to see change in the women's game whether it be amateur or professional well I, I don't know I think I think women should get a few more opportunities you know I think like the tennis tour they they often play tournaments at the same venue you know so you get a lot more publicity as well you know with the men playing and everything you know they have a lot of tournaments like that and I think it'd be there's a couple on the, you know, the, the tour at the moment, but um, I think it'd be great, you know, in terms of PR marketing and all that kind of thing, just to have a few more tournaments at the same venue. It might be difficult, of course, you know, number of holes of golf courses and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I think that might be might be quite a good um, thing to do. Yeah. You know, they were saying about the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup, you know, being a week apart, but in completely different places. You know, it might, I think Stacey Lewis was saying it would be nice if there was sort of more sort of connection between them. Because mm. mm, yeah. there was a lot of publicity about the Ryder Cup, you know, and the mm. coming up to it, but not so much about the Solheim. I mean, there was some things about the Solheim, but not so much as the Ryder Cup, really. It always gets more publicity, really. Yeah, so a little bit more publicity, a little bit more sort of yeah. recognition, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in line with the men's game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was not... actually in room for the Ryder Cup. So that was wow. Was that... Yeah. How was that? Oh, that was fantastic. Well, Rome was lovely as well. Apart yeah. from the golf, yeah, great. Yeah, no, it was great. It was, it was very good. It was, it was quite nail biting the last day, really. You know, at the end. Well, yeah. I, like the Solheim. You know, oh, the Solheim mm. was even more nail biting. But yeah, yeah. Was, uh, they were both great, great, great weeks. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be a part of that to experience it yeah see the atmosphere and yeah, yeah. imagine it was been great to a few Solheims and a few Ryder Cups so yeah, yeah. I always enjoy going to them mm. Mm. anyway I had to decide because they're not usually the same year <laughs> oh so yeah so you had to pick one yeah. <laughs> one over the yeah. other yeah <laughs> 
Oh, no, it's great. Well, it was a good result for both. So it was very good. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And do you have any, what would you, I'm sure you've got lots, but any sort of really key memorable sort of experiences that you'd like to share? Well, I remember I won the Scottish Open in 1988 and it was lovely to win, you know, my home Open. And it was it was such a relief because oh my goodness it was pouring with rain it was one of the one of the very very few events my father ever came to watch me in actually, and it was pouring with rain in the last round and I just had to keep going you know, and then it was a great l- relief and it was lovely to win my own you know, the Scottish Open yeah. so that was that was a big thing for me really, and I think that was probably the last tournament I won in the European Tour although I could be wrong but it might have been mm. oh great nice memory. Yes, yeah, and that was at Codder. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. New York, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so just maybe to finish off then, what would you say to encourage women to give golf a go? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they, they don't have to sort of dash off to a golf course and start playing. You know, there's lots of different things, you know, like pitch and putt and adventure golf and, you know, at driving ranges, you can get lots of competitions. And, and things like that and it's just sort of playing with friends and and just having a laugh and if you find out that you enjoy it or you're quite good at it you know go to your go to a local PGA Pro you don't have to be a member of a golf club to have lessons you know and then you can have a lesson then go to a driving range and try it out yourself and see how it goes and it's just to have fun really you know if you don't enjoy it don't do it but if it, you're having fun do it you know it's yeah. like the same with any sports isn't it really yeah and There's I think that's ways, lots of ways you can get into it you know Putting, mm. chipping, you know, pitch and putt courses and lots of driving ranges that do all these fun nights, you know, with um, an adventure golf. I went with some of my friends to one of the <laughs> one of those sort of adventure places and it was, it was great fun, actually. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I there like, is. I like doing it too. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, though. There's a lot more um, ways into, you know, to just get that yeah. t- taste for it. Be, a lot more than there used to be. Mm. Mm. yeah so there was when you were starting out was it really just club was the way to do it really yes I mean I don't I don't remember but being any driving ranges well I'm trying to think of any but yeah not sure if there were but you know we had the Falkirk Trice which was in Larbert and uh, you could always sort of try your hand there really it was great um the club I was at was well it was supposed to be private I suppose but um no, it's not that many. You know, there's still lots of golf courses that aren't, you know, private members clubs anymore, you know, which is, which is good, you know, to get people started. Because before you had to have a handicap before you could be a member of a golf club, you know, but you can only get a handicap if you're, if you can play somewhere. Yeah. So it's a sort of um, catch-22 situation it used to be, you know. So, but I think nowadays it's, I think golf courses are more welcoming. They want members, you know, they want to have you know, lots of people playing and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, especially yeah. after COVID. It's, after mm. COVID, everybody's a lot of people playing golf. We've yeah. been absolutely, you know, we were run off our feet, really, you know, after COVID. It was, um, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. the best place to be outside. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But, yeah, so there you have it then. If you're listening and you're keen to give it a go, just give it a go. Start off small. Go to your local driving range or a putting putting green or whatever it may be just mm. to get get a wee taste for it um because there's lots isn't there there's lots of mm-hmm. options out there which is great mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. It's been great speaking to you today. Oh, no, my pleasure. Lovely to speak to you too. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. On the next episode, I welcome members of the First Ladies Golf Club in the world, the St Andrews Ladies Putting Club, the podcast. Honorary member and club archivist Eve Soulsby, immediate past president Sylvia Dunn and past secretary Beverly Wilson share some of the club's intriguing history along with their experiences of being members today. Please like and subscribe. All the links to where you can find us are in the podcast description. Please also feel free to get in touch if you have any questions, comments or recommendations for future episodes.